backup. Thanks for dropping by, Murphy. Are they gone? I'm still scanning three. Make that two. All right, if you got a RoboCop, you got an alien cop, huh? You got a ghost cop, you got a vampire cop, and therein lies missed opportunities. You put something weird in front of cop, you make a movie, it's usually magic. RoboCop, maniac cop, samurai cop, wolf cop, injected into my veins. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm Kevin, and I would totally be a cyborg if I could. I'm joined by Jim. Hey now, creep. Nice. So we covered RoboCop back in season 10. So good. And decided along the way that we wanted to cover all of the RoboCop movies. Well, maybe not all. Yeah. So the obvious thing to do after covering the first one was, of course, skip the second one and cover RoboCop 3. (laughs) Did I have torched for 13 seasons and I was completely wrong? Oh. Well, not completely wrong. He was not a superintendent of an apartment complex. I was way off on that. But believe me, we're going to make a production out of two when we cover it because we love to talk about Nuke. Nuke. RoboCop 3 was released in 1993, over a year after it was complete. It actually went into production directly after the completion of RoboCop 2, but Orion Pictures went bankrupt. And then release had to wait until Orion was bought out by another studio. Because of the delayed release, a big oopsie is that the RoboCop 3 video game was released prior to the movie, thus revealing the plot of the movie. Whoops. Wasn't that great of a game anyway. So what was it I, even for? In it was NES. NES. Still I, NES. I don't think it got a Super Nintendo release because they came out with RoboCop versus Terminator. Yeah. I remember those and the gnarly. Oh, they were awesome. Yeah. Had the yeah big heavy thing. Described as an American cyberpunk action film. Never got one bit of cyberpunk out of any of this. RoboCop, no, but I guess you take a dude and you put metal on him. Close enough. Goggles, he's, a, he's a cyberpunk. Yeah. RoboCop 3 was directed by Fred Decker, who awesome. was asked to rewrite a Frank Miller script. We've discussed Decker before. He directed three movies, Night of the Creeps, Monster Squad, RoboCop 3. I would absolutely take that career. Dude, that's awesome. Night of the Creeps, amazing. Monster Squad, amazing. RoboCop 3, pretty good. Okay. It's fine. Ended his career. I think he just didn't want to bother after uh, RoboCop 3. Decker's regret is the script. He wishes he had left it solely to Frank Miller or his longtime collaborator, Shane Black. He felt that Officer Murphy's journey was wrapped up in the first movie, which can we disagree? No. I mean, at the end of the movie, he says, call me Murphy. And I think like, okay, this guy's going to continue being a a RoboCop. Didn't need a sequel. Minus a helmet. Probably didn't need a sequel unless they changed. Wouldn't it be weird if they told him not to wear his face mask? They give him a toupee and the rest of it is just RoboCop. Yeah. That'd be awesome. What if he went home to his family and he had the face and a wig (laughs) and he was like, I'm still Murphy. And they're like, no, the kid walks in on them having sex, except he has no lower half. (laughs) It's a robo dildo. Uh, 
<laughs> Fred Decker wishes he would have ramped up the cynicism and violence, but due to the underwhelming performance of RoboCop 2, the studio urged something directed at a younger audience with a PG-13 rating. Basically, the studio was like, look, we have a cartoon now. We want to sell toys and merchandise. Can't go back to R-rated RoboCop. Kids weren't buying the RoboCop toy. No. Nobody they was. They weren't. No one was watching the cartoon either. No. I, I've seen every cartoon ever. I don't remember RoboCop. Saw an episode and you're I mean, like, awful. I remember it existed, but I don't I have remember. a couple toys. Yeah. That's it. But the one toy is sweet that you can look through the back of them. Yeah. Sort of like $6 million man style. It was creative. Oscar Goldman. There you go. And he shot the cap gun. Yep. So you can put the caps in his back. What Decker's vision was, but he lacked the budget, was to make a John Woo style Hong Kong action film. Now that I'd buy for a dollar. Plug Robocop into that genre. And I don't know that you're going to make a hundred million dollars, but nerds like me would love to make that a cult classic. Agree. John Woo movies like The Killer, Hard Boiled, all awesome. Mission Impossible 2. That's, I don't count that. As, okay. Yeah, that is literally a John Woo movie, but not the Hong Kong style. Okay, yeah. So you take that Hong Kong action genre and you plug in Robocop, I think it'd be awesome. Shao Yun Fat um, is Alex yeah. Murphy. There you go. Well, he could have played a Tomo. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, even better. Thing. Despite the budget restraints, an interesting factoid is the company that did the special effects was called PDI. They eventually became DreamWorks Animation. Could have had that Robocop versus Shrek versus Trolls crossover. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Maybe we still can. It could still happen. Robocop versus Shrek. Jim, a pivot to PG-13 aimed at a younger audience. How did it work out? Please give us budget box office along with news and number ones at time of release. From WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. RoboCop 3 came out November the 5th, 1993, seven months after it was released in Japan. So Japan got the first release a year after the video game. So like Kevin said, the plot was spoiled through the video game that five people played and the Japanese had an advanced launch on this. As you can see in the movie, it's heavy Japanese base. Like, yeah, they come in the grandfather from Sidekicks yeah. bought OCP. Yeah, Kanemitsu Corporation. Yeah, Kanemitsu. That's it. The budget was 22 million dollars made 47 million at the box office nine percent on rotten tomatoes based on 33 reviews I, I will say okay when you add up the box office from all of the the core three yes it did well it did great i mean it, it was diminishing returns but none of the movies lost money no and i will say and i mentioned to you briefly i went down the robocop rabbit hole and i watched the core three when we get to robocop 2 the original script for robocop 2 would have been incredible yes that would have been so awesome if they did that they kind of end up doing it in the tv series kind of but we'll go down that rabbit hole when we get to it but before i go to the blockbuster rentals kevin i would have been negligent in my duties as a news reporter to not give you the news that happened this week that we had to talk about a flight from atlanta oh, no. to barcelona no. was forced to turn around due to a biohazard issue that issue was that a passenger had in the quote from the captain relayed from the FAA diarrhea all the way through the plane. Yeah. Now you're thinking. Did you see the video? I was looking for the video. Couldn't find the video. I saw it. But I heard that it literally was rolling down the aisleways. Yeah. How could one person shit that much that make it cascade like a tsunami? I, I don't know. I feel bad because they, they were two hours into the flight 
Good thing they weren't over the ocean. But it was closer to turn around. So they flew for two hours, turned around, flew two hours back. Covered in shit. And then landed. And then I don't know if they switched planes. I don't know. At that point, it. burn it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what they did. And then had to then fly. So they lost six hours, you know, or whatever. So how did somebody shit that bad? Like, was this a coordinated shitting attack? I don't know. I mean, I, I do. One time I was getting off a flight next to another flight that was exiting and a dog, a Shih Tzu, which I fucking love Shih Tzu. It had a Shih Tzu accident <laughs> on the plane. It, uh, I guess, popped. I don't know at what point during the flight it's shit, but you'll see this on almost every flight I'm on. You'll see somebody has their cat in a carry-on, uh, has their dog in a carry-on. Yeah. And typically, you know, the people are always like, we have, no, this has never been a problem. We have the best behaved animal. No. Uh, how scary would it be to take a little animal and, and put it 35,000 feet in the air, you know? So anyway, this Shih Tzu had shit on the plane and people basically were like getting off the plane vomiting because- Like this had to turn cascade like shit's rolling down. Oh, people I, are puking. I, oh, it's man. the nightmare. It's like the uh, stand by me lard ass thing. Well, here's the worst thing too. They deplane. He's probably going to have to go shower somewhere. Oh my God. It's the worst. Oh. And I'm hoping they got some sort of refund or. So there was a similar story I saw where, cause like this type of stuff, they're not prepared for. Who is? Exactly. They're not. I mean, like if you're a. Um, There's not in a handbook saying in you, case of a wave of you brown shit. A, uh, right. If you work at like a nursing home. You have to expect, okay, I'm going to have to clean up a person's yeah. shit. No one is ready to clean up shit on the airplane. So anyway, there was another incident where someone had vomited all over their seats. And when the passengers went to get in their seats, there was still a bunch of vomit on it. Oh. And the airline was like, you're just going to have to sit there. Fuck you. They're like, that's your seat. No. And the people were like, no. And they were like, well, you can clean it up. And it's like, what? I would sue them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're basically telling me you're not, you have to either sit in the puke or you don't get to fly. Was it spirit? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but yeah, that's, uh, that is an awful story. Well, in non shitty vomit news, the top three rentals at a place I can guarantee did not have any diuretic issues was blockbuster video. Maybe they might have possible. All right, Kevin, Weekend at Bernie's 2. Okay. Sliver with Sharon Stone, okay. which is an eye-opening experience. And finally, The Sandlot. Sandlot, Sandlot, Sandlot. Watch all three in a row. Yeah. So go from trilogy. Weekend at Bernie's, Sharon Stone getting railed, baseball in the summer. It doesn't get any yeah, better than that. American. Yeah. And also, Kevin... I love Weekend at Bernie's too, by the way. Hate it. There's no need for it. It's so dumb. It's That's voodoo. Why I love it. It's voodoo. Exactly. It's fucking, it's... Somehow Bernie did not decompose. Voodoo. He's fine. Voodoo. I guess that that's explains it all. Robocop 3. Voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I would God. love to see a voodoo Robocop. Dude, a Robocop. podcast, we just figured it out. A Robocop voodoo priestess. Oh my God. Oh, fuck. I want to see a voodoo Robocop. Oh my God. He's like spray painted with like, yeah. Well, what if they do a new Robocop 2? Joel Kinnaman, he is a voodoo guy. Voodoo guy. Voodoo cop. Voodoo. Dude, you put New anything. Orleans voodoo cop. Oh my God, it'd be the fucking best. I want to see that. So Kevin, as we've talked about it on social media, our TikTok blew up. Our One of our videos went viral. I'm going to do a TikTok feature. Our nostalgia spotlight sponsored by our TikTok at the Cool Scene Podcast from this year in 1993. Here's a little commercial for a great video game. Super Mario 
All-Stars. He's back. He's here. He's Mario. No, he's the new and improved Mario in Super Mario All-Stars. So much Mario is a Mario smorgasbord. It's all the way down Mario Brothers Adventures he ever played in then some. But this is juiced up 16-bit only on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Mario. So it's bigger Mario, better Mario, in your face Mario. It's raccoon Mario. Mario throwing fireballs. Mario hurling turnips. Mario negotiating an arms deal. Okay, maybe not. It's Mario like you've never seen him. What's 2 plus 2 Mario? What's the capital of Ohio? Mario. You're gonna live, breathe, eat, sleep Mario in Super Mario All-Stars. Four complete Mario games, including the never-seen Lost Levels. One of the great thing and probably the best thing about Super Mario Brothers All-Stars is not only did you get up better graphics of the original three, you also got the Lost Levels, which was Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan, but they said it was too hard for us over there. They were fucking right. Yeah. And the older I got, the more I appreciate our Super Mario Brothers 2, which was originally Doki Doki Panic. Yeah. That's what happened on that airplane. <laughs> So we had dookie dookie panic. And unfortunately, there wasn't a princess to fly off the damn plane. Uh I always use Luigi, though, because you get the super. Yeah, you get the huge jump. Got the huge jump. On to news, Kevin. Are you familiar with the Maastricht Treaty? No. The Maastricht Treaty was formally put into effect, which was the creation of the European Union that most people in the United Kingdom regret ever leaving. Schindler's List, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Liam Neeson, Ben King, and Ray Fiennes premieres in Washington, D.C. and won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1994. So something we didn't talk about a couple weeks ago, this film, Robocop 3, that we're covering this week, was almost released against Jurassic Park. And in oh. my opinion, would have it mattered? Jurassic Cop. no movie had a chance against Jurassic Park. No, it didn't matter. So I don't think it would have affected box office. But anyway, something we did talk about during Jurassic Park is Steven Spielberg pretty much finished shooting Jurassic Park and then went for pre-production and to start work on Schindler's List. And it became so overwhelming for him, obviously, that they were like calling him to ask him questions about like editing Jurassic Park and, you know, basically like, what the like? Listen, I'm dealing with this. Yeah, like I'm in the midst of Schindler's List. History, real history. I'm sorry, I don't want to talk about dinosaurs like and deal with. Hey, should we have the Dilophosaurus spit at Dennis Nedry or? Like, no. Like, fuck off. One person you never told to fuck off. Kurt Loader, what's up? Hi, I'm Kurt Loader with an MTV News Brief. Doggy Style, the debut album from Snoop Doggy Dog, is released and became the Billboard Album of the Year in 1994. Iconic uh, album cover. Oh, beyond. So amazing. (laughs) Our little cartoon. Yes. On to sports, Georgie boy. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to the Sports Machine. Kevin, big sports segment this week. Holyfield versus Bo 2, Evander, real deal. Holyfield, great boxing game for Sega Genesis, defeats Riddick Bo by majority decision to become once again the WBA and IBF World Heavyweight Champion. Me, being a big F1 fan, I know some of you are out there too. After finishing second at the year-end race in Adelaide, Alan Prost wins his fourth world championship over Ayrton Senna and subsequently retires. Got out while the going was good, got a ton of money for one year, won the title, and then bye-bye. Speaking of one of the greatest champions of all time, woohoo! Dale! Dale Earnhardt wins his sixth NASCAR Winston Cup championship. The only time, and this is in 1993, the person that interrupt a historic possibility of four straight titles was Alan Colwicky in the Who 
Hooters number seven, yeah. which is amazing. Alan Kowicki was awesome. Vince McMahon is charged with steroid distribution in the no shit Sherlock mm-hmm. news of the 90s. But put that neck brace on so it makes it look like, oh, oh yeah. poor Vince. And now look at him. Here we go again. Vince McMahon, piece of shit. Your number one television show. Uh-huh. Home Improvement, Tim Allen and the mom I had a huge crush on. Patricia Richardson. I don't know why. Jill Taylor got my gears going, weirdly enough. The number one movie, something I never saw. I know of it, of course. The Nightmare Before Christmas. You've never seen it? Nah. Wow. Not really interested in it. And here are your top five songs on Casey Kasem's American Top 40. Number five, Dream Lover, Mariah Carey. Number four, again by... The one and only Janet Jackson. Number three, just kicking it from Escape. I don't remember that song yeah. at all. Big fans here of the show. Coming in at number two, All That She Wants by Ace of Bass. And your number one song in America. <laughs> Meatloaf, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. I forgot that came out in 93. Yeah, that came up a lot when we were researching uh, Jurassic Park. I was like seeing it a bunch. One of my biggest nemesis nemesis would be when somebody would request meatloaf when I was DJing. I'm like, fuck, there's eight and a half minutes, nine minutes. Yeah, yeah I guess I it was go- like every song. It was like, what's that one song uh, by the Paradise by the Dashboard yeah, Light? There you go. Because isn't that one like eight or nine minutes it's, too? I believe one cut was like 10 and a half minutes. Jeez. I'm like, listen, I'm playing dance songs. People are shaking their ass. Can you play meatloaf? No. I can go piss, take a dump, and eat a meal, and then come back. And they're like, why are you playing this shit? But most importantly, it's time for RoboCop to, I guess, nail on his boots, march up to OCP, and go, voodoo! You know what the sound effect for his boots were? What was it? Stapler. It's a stapler on a a desk. Okay, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm sure they jazzed it up a bit. Yeah, but but it was a stapler on the desk. Basically, Foley. That's how they got that uh, sound effect. I dig it. Cool job. All right. Your plot, creep. Gentlemen. You are now looking at a company in transition. Needless to say, this has resulted in the implementation of certain, uh, well, oh, let's call them cutbacks. Ah, but who can put a price tag on a dream? Our esteemed former chairman had a dream. He called it Delta City. Knock it off, Johnson. The great city of Detroit represents an important precedent, gentlemen. There's only one small problem. It's turning into a war zone, sir. Just a small resistance group, and there's no reason to believe they pose a significant threat. Well, I'd consider a deficit of $350 million a significant threat. Wouldn't you, Johnson? In the first two Robocop movies, OCP, or Omni Consumer Products, want to take over the city of Detroit. Detroit is like their collecting grail, apparently. Surprised it wasn't Cleveland. Yeah, it's just they really want Detroit. In this dystopian near future, OCP has succeeded in acquiring Detroit via bankruptcy. I 
buy that for a dollar. Their plan is to turn it into Delta City, but it's not going well. The Japanese Kanemitsu Corporation buys a controlling stake in OCP to fund the Delta City plan. Detroit police do not agree with OCP's plan to just forcefully evict Detroit citizens so that OCP, they basically create an army of what they call rehabs, which are a nickname for urban rehabilitators. Meet the rehabs, urban rehabilitation officers. From the blazing fields of the Amazon war comes state-of-the-art urban pacification. We're here to help the people to augment the police force and deal with the gang problem. What about reports you're actually rousting people from their homes to make way for construction of Delta City? And this is all led by someone named Paul McDaggett. What a name. Don't ask me what Paul McDaggett's title is. I don't know. Interesting casting for him, which we'll get to in a moment. None of this is straightforward in the movie. I mean, you have to like, you get the gist, but you have to like, it's hard to figure all this out for the audience to just understand. It's a lot. Robocop is a wrench in OCP's plan, so they go to his doctor, Dr. Lazarus. Love it. You know what I'm talking about. He disobeyed a direct order. I want to know why. My real opinion? No, lie. Make up a story. Well, Mr. Fleck. Offhand, I'd say the only reason he'd disobey an order is if he didn't agree with it. And they want her to install a chip to make him like what, a mindless killing machine basically? Dr. Lazarus refuses. This leads to McDaggett killing Robocop's partner, Ann Lewis, who's in the first two movies, and putting Robocop under the fourth directive programming so that he's not able to fight back. And then they like mess him up pretty badly. Robocop and Lazarus join some rebels who are fighting back against OCP in their forceful evictions. Lazarus removes the fourth directive from his programming and gives him some upgrades, which I'll mention shortly. Robocop locates McDaggett to arrest him, but OCP, thanks to Kanemitsu, now has like ninja androids called Atomo. And again, Robocop is messed up pretty badly while McDaggett gets away. How you doing, Murphy? I've been better. Give me a status scan. Organics intact. Systems efficiency, 23%. It looks like a direct hit to the heart. Then we have to recalibrate the pneumatic systems as well. Is he gonna die? Not if I can help it. Let's get everything hooked up to the generator. We've got work to do. Now listen, I'm gonna unplug you for a little while, cowboy. Don't worry, everything's gonna be okay. There needed to have been a RoboCop movie in which somehow he doesn't get ripped apart, yes. annihilated, memory stripped. It never fails. No. Like, what's the point of, of having a robot if you can't? He's a fucking RoboCop that can never stop that shit from happening. The rebels manage to, like, broadcast video exposing OCP for all their corruption, revealing that they're the ones responsible for the city's high crime rates and so on. This, like, financially ruins OCP. Their stock plunges to nothing. They're done for. But OCP and McDaggett double down. They enlist the help of the city's jailed prisoners. So dumb. While Detroit police team up with the rebels to go to war in the streets. And here's where those upgrades come into play because RoboCop can fly now. Yeah. He has a jetpack that allows him to pretty much single-handedly take out the entire side of bad guys. McDaggett's killed in a blast when Tuatomo self-destruct. The movie ends as Mr. Kanemitsu shuts down OCP for good and he bows to Robocop out of respect. Well, I gotta hand it to you. 
What do they call you? Murphy, is it? My friends call me Murphy. You call me Robocop. The weirdest heel to babyface turn with like no build. Okay. Did I miss it at the end or did the little girl yeah. who's like a genius hacker, Nico. does she ever reunite with her parents? No, because I give them credit here. We've always talked about it. They should have like a five second throwaway scene. Yeah. I believe it's either Ann or Murphy look into the five. No, it's Murphy because he puts in that big spike where he gets information. Mm-hmm. You see real quickly that both of her parents are killed. Are you kidding? They are both killed. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know. I just realized at the end of the movie, I'm like, Kanemitsu, he says to Robocop, he bows to Robocop. Yeah. And he's like, they call you Robocop. And he's like, friends call me Murphy. My friends call me Murphy. You, you call, can call me, me Robocop. Robocop. No, it's like a throwaway thing. That bus they got on at the very beginning, everybody, and that was an execution they just bus. just drive them straight off a cliff. Basically. That's nuts. Yeah, they kill him. See, I don't even get that. Yep. So Fred Decker had planned a couple things originally for the end of the movie. One completely wild and one disappointing that we didn't get. The crazy one is he wanted OCP's building to transform into a massive robot so basically like the scene in big there's a million robots that turn into something and this is a building that turns into a robot what's fun about playing with a building that's not any fun this is a skyscraper well couldn't it be like a, a, a robot that turns into into something like a like a bug or something a bug yeah I don't get it. I don't get it. I think it's a bag. He wanted the, like, one of the OCP people to, like, swipe a a badge, and then the building would sprout arms. And (laughs) it's a robot that turns into a building. It's fun about turning into a building. Yeah. And then the other thing that we didn't get is that Fred Decker wanted Ann Lewis to appear in the final scene as another Robocop. I mean, when they would have been all about when they killed her early in the movie, I think most of us expected that, right? Then you could have kept the series going. Going. Well, I think that's probably why they didn't do it. They didn't want to give anybody hope. Robo that there was going to be more Robocops. So, but like literally they kill Lewis in, you know, she's been in two and a quarter movies now. They killed her in the most dumbest way possible. They did. Hey, Lewis, put your vest on. Ah, I'm with Murphy. Hey, Lewis, you want your body armor? What? No, I'm off duty. Yeah. Who the fuck I'm are you duty. nuts? I'm off duty. Yeah. So you live in Detroit, honey. <laughs> Fuck. She, uh, no offense to our Detroit fans. I'm trying to go and get some dinner at Traffic Jam and Snug. <laughs> uh, she, uh, yeah, I, it's why. Bring her back. Bring her back as a Robocop. I'll wait till logic because I just thought of something. But another thing, what if people would have thought like Robocop and Lewis would have been like a, a Robocop couple? I guess I, they would just scissor. No, they just, they just would be <laughs> in a, um, a intellectual really. What if they adopted a, a kid? A Robo kid. I mean, how fucking great would that be? Let's go down to the morgue and pick out a. <laughs> <laughs> to turn into but like, this movie got weird <laughs> turn this one in we got a robocop just now into voodoo has a robot wife has a robot kid. oh my god that explains everything voodoo it, that's how yes <laughs> that's how they get the baby yeah he's bringing back voodoo all right that was whatever uh <laughs> characters robert burke robert john burke yes here built is robert burke robert john burke is officer alex murphy awesome michael dudikoff which Ye- you'll know jim from uh, american ninja american ninja number of things michael dudikoff passed 
cast on the role out of respect for his mentor, Peter Weller. How cool is that? Who played in the role, played the role in one and two. Weller didn't pass necessarily because he didn't want to do it, but he had scheduling conflicts due to his role in David Cronenberg's Naked Lunch, which is fucking insane. Never. I've never seen it. Have you seen any Cronenberg? You've seen. Yeah, uh, I've seen some Cronenberg. Okay. Yeah, of course. But like, uh, yeah, decide. Okay. I'm going to do Naked Lunch instead of Robocop 3. Which, what do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, whatever. Robert John Burke is Robocop completely serviceable. Now, I will say, Robert John Burke did a great job of trying to be Peter Weller. Peter Weller impression. Really great. And they explain why he looks a little different. Yeah. Because they basically are like, oh, he's been fucked up so many times that we've had to do. Once again, five second throwaway line and it worked. Yep. Nancy Allen is Officer Ann Lewis. Jill Hennessy is Dr. Marie Lazarus. Rip Torn is the CEO, doesn't even get a name. So awesome. John Castle is Paul McDaggett. Tom Adkins, finalist for the role. How the fuck did he not get that? I think they just liked something about McDaggett being British or whatever. And Here's the thing. Tom Atkins doesn't, he couldn't have charged that much. Probably not. I mean, even if Tom Atkins was the OCP chairman instead of Rip Torn, I like Rip Torn. I don't get Rip Torn as a bad guy. Yeah. So the guy who played Mr. Kanemitsu, his name is... Is just Mako. Yeah, and we love him from Sidekicks. Yes, from Sidekicks. Yeah, exactly. Frying Dragon. Yeah. Who else? Anybody else we want to... I like uh, that Bertha is played by someone named CCH Pounder. Yeah, she's been in a lot yeah. of stuff. All right, Jim. Actor, actress gives a passable performance. Any non-lead character steal scenes? Besides, I've already given credit to Robert John Burke, so it's not going to be RJB. I like the girl that played Nico. Now that you're better, will you stay? Will you help us? You know what Bertha says? She says if we hold back the rehab for just two more days, they won't be able to make us move. And we'll have to let my parents go. And we'll all be together like family again. Your parents? Murphy? You okay? Your parents? You miss them? Yeah. But you remember them. Because if you remember them, they're never really gone. I thought yeah. she was pretty damn good. She, she was, was really serviceable. Good. Doesn't have much of a CV after this. Like it was like spotty film work after this. Couple TV appearances, I believe. But I thought she did pretty damn good in this role. I mean, I thought she played it damn good as a kid. She played like a tech weird genius smart assery. I, I just did good. I didn't mention him, but Steven Root, who you'll know from a number of things. News radio, yeah, baby. He played uh Koontz, which you probably know him as, as Milton, speaking of staplers. Yeah. From Office Space. He was on True Blood. He's on a bunch of stuff you recognize him from a million things kind of does that like reminded me a lot of total recall because like he turns on you mean a recall recall that no, guy no he just reminds like benny or somebody like yeah. just just the whole plot where Koontz is with the rebels but then decides but like, they don't really like him they don't like him because they think he's like jeopardizing their operation well sure enough well he he's was. been giving intel to McDaggett. I understand you're willing to pay good money to know where the rebel base off is. Yes, well, um, the money is good. If the tip's good. Yeah. Well, uh, the last tip saved your ass. All right, Jim, uh, best scenes. Let's find out which scenes made a splash. You go ahead and go. At the end, the cops, the Detroit Police Department, or what's left of them, decide to take a stand. Sergeant, 
We're taking Cadillac Heights. I'll need 50 of your men armed and in full body armor in one hour. Mr. Johnson, you can tell the CEO that demolition crews will have total access at 0600 hours tomorrow morning. Hey, we don't do that kind of work. That was a direct order, Sergeant. Driving people out of their homes is no work for a cop. Now, Sergeant, 15 years on the force is quite an investment. Your job, your pension. Maybe instead of worrying about these squatter people, you might think about your own family. I am. I'm thinking I have to go home and face them. When McDagger comes in with the quote unquote rehab force and they basically said, hey, we're moving into Cadillac Heights. We're evicting everybody. And also the chief of police or whatever, the captain was in all the movies. Same guy. Yes. I love the fact that the only thing that once again, the slimy guy on all the movies, same guy plays the same character. You're going to throw away your pension, pal. You're going to throw away your pension. But I love how the force in one unity throws down the badges. You don't know what they're going to do because you're thinking they're just going to go home. They're not helping OCP. They show up en masse, yeah. fucking loaded to the gills yep. with weapons and gear and vehicles to take a stand against OCP. It's so that scene, I mean, Flying Robocop, enough said, but it is a little, in a way, kind of disappointing about Flying Robocop. It's because, like, OCP loads up the punks, the splatter punks, with all these, like, insane next level weapons. High tech. And it seems like it's going to be a one sided fight. But then it's like, you're gearing up for, like, okay, we got the cops and the rebels going against OCP for this war but then it's like robocop comes in and just single-handedly wins the entire war i would love to see the actual breakdown of what the movie cost that horribly done cg flying scene it probably took up half the budget it reminds me of uh jingle all the way at the end when arnold is turbo man yeah he's flying around as turbo man that's basically what it looks like you're telling me none of these guys in the rehab forces or the cyberpunkers or whatever splatterpunks splatterpunks none of them have an rpg or a rocket launcher well they do but I don't think they even consider <laughs> shooting it at Robocop. It's pretty easy to fire at. It's uh, come on. It's not yeah. going that fast. So holy shit. Let's talk about the first time we see Robocop in this one. Officer Lewis is in a bit of a jackpot. Her and some of the other officers, they're stranded in the middle of the city when a gang of splatterpunks show up and start throwing explosive. Explosives. poop. Yes, they start throwing excrement at her. <laughs> they start throwing explosives at her and the other officers. Robocop, meanwhile, he's in pursuit of our main group of rebels. And this kind of gets like our whole plot in motion. Robocop's chasing the rebels and Lewis puts out like a uh, an APB on yeah. like, hey, I need some assistance distance we're stranded robocop stops pursuing the rebels turns around to help lewis roger from revenge of the nerds 2 is our yeah it's bradley whitfield bradley this is cnn breaking news Cool Sceners editing Jim here real quick. So frustrating because The West Wing is my favorite show of all time. Why the hell I said Bradley Whitfield? I will never understand. It is Bradley Whitford. He is Bradley Whitford. Good job, Jim. This is CNN Breaking News is pissed 
because they're like, why would Robocop disobey a direct order? And that's why they want to erase him. That's why they want to shut him down. So Robocop comes back and you think he's just going to drive up into the battle? No, that's too good for Robocop because while things look dire for Lewis, this is sort of like a deus ex machina. Robocop drives off the top of a building, like a parking garage. It's fine. Probably over a hundred feet high, lands in the middle of the action, bursts through the top of his car. And like, I guess why keep a Ferrari in the garage and then not drive it? Because like, they're like, well shit, we have Robocop. Yeah. We're going to establish how fucking cool Robocop is. They're like, he can survive a hundred foot drop in a car. He can can opener the top of his car. And then he pretty much just eliminates all the splatter punks, except for two who run. And then he has tracking and all that, but it's awesome. It's like, yes, which is weird though. Cause we don't see Robocop for what? 20 minutes. I was going to say the biggest problem with Robocop three is the fact the name of the fucking movie yeah. is Robocop. We don't see him for like 15 minutes. At least. It's like, well, I know we know what he when looks like. When we finally like. see him, they show his visor, but not him. And no. you're like, I wonder if they did that because it wasn't Peter Weller. So they're like, okay, we got to manage expectations here. I, I it's Robert know. John Burke. It's cool though. I mean, it's it, awesome. it builds up suspense to make this grand entrance. I guess at least if they're going to wait, you know, at least he shows up in, in crazy fashion. And you guys know how much I love Bradley Whitford. Like West Wing's my favorite show of all time. We loved him in Revenge the nerds do plays a great prick hey robocop stay out of florida (laughs) (laughs) he should have said that in the movie it would have been a great nod just random so get out of florida so he plays i believe his name is jeff fleck or something like that that. he's an opc guy he's a yes man he's an ass kisser he's a real piece of shit who when his boss talks to him he cowers but all of a sudden he becomes the big ballsy guy so when he gets lippy with Dr. Lazarus... So I got news for you, babe. I don't give a shit how smart you are. OCP owns the cops. That means they own him. It means they own your cute little ass. Nobody owns me. Fine. We want him on the rehab team. That means you make him predictable or you look for a new job, sweet cheese. Dude, he becomes this like chauvinistic oh, fucking He, he basically is Roger. Like yeah. I think I wrote down like he it's He's good Roger Lattimore. It's good to see he used his uh his fraternity connections. He's an alpha to get hired at OCP. He's so good. Like he calls her sweetheart. He's demeaning. He basically does anything less than slap her in the ass saying, Hey sweetheart, if you want this job, you're gonna put this chip in his head, baby. Yeah. But I like the fact that she doesn't take the shit though. Yeah. But god damn it, Bradley Woodford, just he knows how to play so many different roles. What a great Great scene, man. I have, so it's nuts when they kill Lewis. You are making a mistake. Back off, or there will be trouble. Now you're talking, Murphy. We're not budging. If you want to get in there, you're going to have to shoot through us. I don't have a huge problem with that. Because OCP, they obviously see the rebels as terrorists. A little too much. They, as Jim said, you know, they want to sterilize Robocop. They want to install a chip that makes him forget his humanity. Because, like, at one point, they're, like, evaluating Dr. Lazarus is, like, evaluating Robocop's dreams. Yeah. He's, like, unplugged or whatever, and they're like, what's in your head? And they're, like, watching him think about his family. This movie borrows a lot of stock footage from Robocop 1. Yeah. Um, We get Boddicker in it. We get Emil. Yeah, we get Robocop getting killed. We get, you know, the home video of his family. Dr. Lazarus obviously refuses to install the chip. Robocop wants to be called called Murphy again and then like Murphy I should call him and Lewis want to go to this church where he saw Nico 
So they go to this church because they know there's rebels in there. And then that's, it's all a trap because Mick Daggett, head of OCP, they basically like RoboCop says, what's he tells them something, something specific. He says like, or maybe it's Lewis says like, you'll have to shoot us. And he's like, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. No hesitation. And then they shoot Lewis like 20 times and then they fourth directive RoboCop. So the scene's just like nuts. It's like they kill Lewis and she does it even though she's been t- shot 20 times, she doesn't die right away. No surprise. RoboCop put, comes in and puts her on the uh, altar of the church Yep. and where she, her last words, she did not die in peace. Her last words were like, Avenge me. Yeah, get a Murphy. Yeah. Murphy. I'm scared. Don't be. It won't hurt long. Get them for me. Promise me. I promise. Did you not expect for a second, you're like, what if they kiss? Like, <laughs> because there's definite it. sexual tension uh, there. I just wish they would have turned her into a RoboCop. That would have been fun. It makes no sense that it they don't. Been so cool. This is what I don't get throughout the whole RoboCop movie arc. And you want to include the TV series, the direct-to-DVD. How is it that OCP is so advanced? I mean, we don't know what year it is. We're only assuming it's 21st century. They're so advanced. They have all this weaponry. How can they not replicate another RoboCop just using another past police officer and make him an evil but they don't want to I don't, I don't understand why they Even never Even though did. RoboCop keeps winning, they don't want to. They you think, keep, you that's think what, he wise up? Well, the Otomo is awesome. He's great. He flips and does cartwheels, and he's awesome with the sword, and his he has like a Jim Carrey face because he gets punched and his jaw moves. I would have been totally fine if they made a duplicate RoboCop with an evil mustache. Yeah. At that rate, or spray paint him black. That Just do something. Incredible. I mean, come on. They did it in Knight Rider. Incredible if RoboCop would have had a... Evil RoboCop is Peter Weller. There you go. Fucking win it. And we're, we're writing Voodoo Robocop. We're doing it tonight. As soon as we're done recording, we're writing a 110-page screenplay. Why don't we literally do like, okay, for the next 25 episodes, we're reading our <laughs> script of Voodoo Robocop. Voodoo Robocop. So my last one is Robocop getting even with McDaggett in the end at the OCP offices. Those androids are programmed with a thermal failsafe device. They make to self-destruct. In 15 seconds, everything within 20 yards of where we're standing will be atomized. We're dead, you stupid slag! Don't count on it, chum. really easy i mean he just puts on a fucking jetpack and burns his legs and blows them yeah. up i mean but could it have been better yeah do you want to see him more in misery yeah but he at least got even so that works for me well that whole scene is kind of ridiculous because it's like okay two otomos robocop yes robocop's gonna go get mcdaggett in this high rises building and i was waiting for the ed 209 which is in this movie yeah it's out front. at the beginning of the movie they have an ed 209 it's like well that's kind of a cool throwback yeah. 
But then she's like, oh, he, you know, Nico's like, he's as nice as a puppy dog or whatever. Yeah. And they've completely like neutralized. Yeah. Uh, Neutered it. So at the end, I'm full on expecting, cause like she gets on the computer. All right. So Robocop goes to get McDaggett. There's two Atomos. They've got him like surrounded. They're kicking his ass, whatever. So you see Nico get on the computer and they're like, all right, watch this. And I'm like, yes, ED209 is going to come in and just blow them all away. It's going to be awesome. No. She reprograms the Atomos to fight each other. They simultaneously cut off each other's heads. And then McDaggett's like, don't you know what you've done? The Otomos are programmed to self-destruct. So they have like 60 seconds, whatever. No time whatsoever. Yeah, for RoboCop to get out of there. So he, of course, uses his jetpack to save Lazarus and Nico. Nico. Which are they his parents or her parents now? Are they Nico's parents? Who's adopting Nico? They would have to be. I don't know who it is. So they did a weird thing. The pilot of the TV series, kind of the same thing girl lost both of her parents the police captain adopts her yeah so somebody adopts her yeah it's i don't know but anyway so robocop just uses his jetpacks to fry mcdaggett's legs and then mcdaggett can't escape the self-destruct no and that when it blows up is quite the bomb <laughs> that's a huge bomb it's, it's quite like the a, bomb it's a nuclear bomb almost. yes so all right uh the last thing I, I have robocop commandeers a large pink car from a pimp which he uses to chase mcdaggett incredible <laughs> Time, money. I told you, I'm not gonna tell you again. You understand? I was commandeer your vehicle for police use. What issue? Problem, sucker. I mean, officer. He goes up to the a pimp who and he's who's like, full pimp. I yes. mean, and he's like, hey, bitch, I must commandeer your vehicle. And he turns around to be like, he's about ready to pimp slap yes. somebody. And then he's like, oh, oh, sure thing, officer. Yeah. Robocop then, while he's chasing McDaggett and the rehab officers, it's the whole thing you've seen in a movie a hundred times. Robocop's chasing this box truck. They open up the back of the box truck and they're just firing, you know, artillery at Robocop. Car falls apart. They manage to, like, they blow off every possible piece of the vehicle you can. At one point, it's like a frame, an engine, wheels, and a steering column. And Robocop's still driving it, no problem. But the best is the chase scene goes through a night street hockey game because everyone had Mighty Ducks fever. The hockey, like the hockey players managed to get out of the way, but one of the rehab officers just has a huge stack of money on him and he throws it out the back of the truck so that all the hockey players will come back into the street. And as Robocop approaches Tom, not to run over the hockey players, he swerves and then that's how they get away. But I have like so many questions because those people aren't getting evicted. Are they outside Detroit limits? And therefore that's not going to become Delta City. It's a good thought. Because like the whole movie is like, it's a war zone. Don't go outside. But then these kids are just fine playing. I'm not hockey. playing street hockey in the middle of a war zone. No, not at all. Like what no. the hell? All right. Well, I think that's probably enough. Best scenes for RoboCop three, which we did enjoy. Let's get out of the pool. Everybody get out of the pool. Shit. Can't swim. I want to see RoboCop walk through a pool the way that Poindexter does in Revenge of the Nerds part two <laughs> when he just gets in the water. It's just like up to his eyes and he's just like walking. I'm looking for the Hotel Coral Essex. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need to make a fucking RoboCop and Revenge of the Nerds 2 offshoot. <laughs> it's in Voodoo. I'm the L-A-M, the A and the R. Where they, uh, was that made by the studio who did DreamWorks? Let's combine it all. RoboCop versus Shrek, Revenge of the Nerds. Voodoo and Voodoo, or it's we got a movie. <laughs>
We got something to run with. Oh, fuck yeah. So speaking of robots, some smarter than others, we're going to draft movie robots. So I think it's pretty straightforward. I'll go first. My number five, T-1000 from Terminator 2. Ooh, nice. Created by Skynet. It's the more advanced version of the Terminator as compared to Arnold's T-800. So like Skynet needed to keep like making superior Terminators. He's made of liquid metal, which not only makes him basically indestructible, but this is like the ridiculous part is he like can be reverted to liquid and then also can like form back into whatever he is. But he has like shape-shifting abilities because the liquid metal he's made out of can mimic skin. So like he can literally just transform into any character. Yeah, John Connor's mom. Yeah, it's nuts. It's It's like really crazy. And it looked, remember... That was like a revelation at the yes. time when we saw that technology in 92. Yeah. Jeez. It's crazy. So my number five, I went with the obvious. I wanted to get it out of the way. It's Johnny Five from Short Circuit. I had him higher. I had him number two. Or Short Circuit Two. Nothing gave me more joy than here. Fisher Stevens doing cultural oh, appropriation. Man, it's rough. Not going to lie. I thought he was an Indian gentleman. No, he's a white guy. Johnny Five! Yeah. And here's the thing. Short Circuit 2, I will never forget as a kid. I've watched this movie maybe once, twice tops. You've only watched Short Circuit 2 twice? Here's why. As a kid, when Johnny Five basically almost gets murdered, I sobbed. And it scared me to death. And I never wanted to watch it again. Because you have to remember, in the first movie, he was evil. Yeah. The lightning strike ended up making him a good guy. So, he was built by Nova Laboratories. Newton Cross to be a robotic soldier for the Department of Defense. But as Jim said, he got struck by a lightning bolt and Johnny Five becomes, quote, alive alive so he gets a bunch of and then like for the second movie he gets a bunch of modifications because like in the first movie i think he has like a parachute yeah in the second movie obviously he needs the zip line yeah and so there's like a bunch of, and he gets rid of his like i think he has like a laser cannon or something in the first over, one yeah and then they get rid of that and he gets something else and he becomes and 24 karat gold dude loves what he calls input he loves input and then he does the, a uh, different movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> need input yeah i i like it i like i've probably seen short circuit too more than I've seen Short Circuit 1. It's a good, like, Mike McKean's in there. Yeah, when they're in the uh, back of the frozen truck and they're playing the uh, jingle on the cell phone. Like yeah. Morse code. Yeah. I remember right. that. So, all right, my number four, Ava from Ex Machina. Nice. So Ex Machina is an incredible little film, sort of a take on like Blade Runner. This dude, Nathan, he's a CEO who has and is building androids that have passed the Turing test, which is the test from Blade Runner. But he brings an employee of his company to stay at his house for a week to hang out with one of his androids named Ava to determine whether she is fully capable of thought and consciousness. There's a lot of twists. I won't spoil anything, but she's more than a robot, more than a robot to me. Doesn't Johnny Five sing that? No. More than a woman? He does. Okay. And remember the second movie, the Morse code thing was downtown by Petula Clark. But I'm pretty sure in one of the movies he's singing more than a robot to me. I don't know if he sings more than a robot. 
robot, but it's more than a woman. Oh, it would have been great. Yeah. Throw him in voodoo cop. So my number four. <laughs> as well. Fucking great. So I'm going with the T-800, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, organic components over metal endoskeleton. It's fucking Schwarzenegger. Now, now that, the first one scared me. That when he, first when he one goes in that gas station bathroom Fuck. and he changes his, is it his eye and his arm or whatever? People don't give the original Terminator. That thing was dark. Yeah. It was fucking gritty. That's it. The future, we're fucked. I remember watching God. that with my dad and it's like, oh, he just goes in the bathroom and removes his eyeball fucking rips his eye out and then we get the line of all lines of i'll be back and originally that wasn't supposed to be the line that was an arnold audible that gave us i'll be back it's great terminator's fine it's a good movie it's more than fine but yeah it is but then like terminator 2 Terminator took it to a whole next one of the greatest action movies of all time probably and then there was terminator 3 yeah and then the rest yeah number three for me how 9000 from 2001 i fucking forgot about this yep oh he's a sentient ai computer that controls the systems of the discovery one spacecraft we pretty much just see his physical form as a camera lens and he basically is an evil robot who kills most of the crew of the spacecraft until a member of discovery one's crew pulls out his circuits yeah but what i love about how is the scene the crew starts to suspect that he's gone rogue because he's like oh it's a human error yeah it was dave and frank yeah, yeah. dave and frank and they're like so they're having a discussion but they go in a pod to have a discussion uh- so that in front of him thinking what he's not going to read lips well right they don't think he can read lips they're just like okay we're somewhere where he can't hear us but exactly that's it's like terrifying like there are a lot of movies i mean terminator included about ai turning but like something about Hal is scary you know what the great thing about Hal was it's not that he was evil he did not understand how to lie yeah and that was the big thing like you find out in 2010 the sequel to this which very cold war heavy Soviets, Roy Schneider, very good. But you find out that he was living up to his programming, but then there was a conflicting order and he didn't know how to interpret it. So that's how he interpreted it. God damn hell. 2001 A Space Odyssey was 50 years ahead of its time and it still looks amazing. So let's get crazy, Kevin. Number three, the movie that also scared me as a kid, Flight of the Navigator, Max, which was Pee Wee Herman's voice. Paul Rubens. I don't know why. I look back on this. I I watched it not too long ago. I'm like, what about this movie scared me? And I totally identified where it is. There's this one point near the end of the movie where Max is like, are you ready to, we're ready to go, Davey. I'll get you back to 1978 because he ends up going missing for eight years and it's 1986. He comes to like nothing's ever happened. You find out this alien from another planet who was lost here ended up taking him and becoming the navigator of his ship. So before he goes back into time, he ends up becoming... The, the colors change on them. The ship changes and it makes weird noises. And that scared me for some reason as a kid, the fact that it was Paul Rubens's voice and it was just so good. And it's like, rest in peace, Paul Rubens. You did a lot, man. I think max in the flight of navigator as a Disney movie yeah. does not seem like a Disney movie. It's a great movie. My number two is Johnny five. So give us your number crazy again, <laughs> Kevin. So once again, my number two is max from space camp okay so i think about space camp kevin and i've talked about this maybe it's a movie we end up covering because it's an interesting one the great thing about max is real quick premise from space camp it is what it is crazy it's 
Kids that go to space camp in Huntsville, Alabama, real thing. All these kids learn, you know, how to operate the space shuttle because this happened in 1986. How to operate the space shuttle, how to become an astronaut. So they go on the shuttle is like a test. Go, we're going to do an engine test. You kids sit on there. Well, Max ends up befriending one kid played by Lee Phoenix, who ended up growing up to become Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Yep. And all Max wants to do is go to space because he feels lonely and nobody will listen to him because he's the run of the litter, basically. So Max, the NASA helping robot, who basically is a almost like a tour guide yeah. in this race. Just a cool experiment. Here's this somehow overrides NASA's launch and launches everybody into space. How amazing is that the robot can just roam around yeah. NASA and be able to launch a space shuttle? Yeah. As a kid, blew my mind. I, all these kids would be dead. I all mean, the, it's yeah. They were able to perform maneuvers in space to yeah. get more oxygen. Uh-huh. How? <laughs> awesome. As a kid, I was like, I want to get lost in space. Yeah. Oh, hey, danger. Will Robinson. My number one, uh, Dio Droid from Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, my least favorite movie of all time. But so people at my job give me shit because I don't have any pictures hanging in my office. I don't have anything on my desk for the most part. The only non-work thing in my office is I have a wind-up Dio Droid that I got from Disney World next to my computer monitor. He's basically an abused droid who says no thank you and he doesn't want to be touched. But fun fact, he's voiced by J.J. Abrams, which was supposed to be a temporary thing, but then they ended up just like keeping it because they were like your voice is perfect for it so they end up keeping i like do droid you could have picked any star wars droid i mean r2 r2 c3po bb8 there's like a million different droids you could have picked so but i went with do my favorite star wars droid you could have been hayden christensen as a droid because that's how his acting fucking was was robotic would have been great for (laughs) voodoo cop star wars my number one i had to it's awesome it's data from star trek the next generation i mean well, you say he is an android that endeavors to become human. That's all he ever wanted to do. And throughout the whole arc of Star Trek, starting from 1986 up until last year, the data finally, he didn't get sentience, but he knew what it was to be human. And that's all he ever endeavored to be. Everybody's like, why would you want to be human? You're perfect. You know how to do everything. But it was the people around him that were human that became his friends. And that's all he ever wanted to be was to feel what they were feeling. It was just an amazing character arc and it made captain picard who he ended up becoming honorable mentions iron giant family yeah baymax totally different take on a robot super cool from uh big hero six i got gort from the day the earth stood still okay claude tubra uh, neck do samantha from her which is voiced by uh, scarlett johansson awesome wally they got wally's an amazing movie and the thing i love about wally is like he is homage to johnny five that's yep, who he's supposed just to look like, like it yep and then that's like his whole thing is like he becomes alive he's sentient but then they just pay homage to all these different movie robots in wally like the auto pilot is how yeah so they do this this autopilot thing and he, he literally looks like how he talks like how the whole storyline's pretty much the same and then uh finally the best robot for me and if you have any more but the best robot i think that i couldn't pick but i think it's the best movie robot of all time is the robot in rocky four that Polly fucked yeah that rocky gives the Polly, which rocky i don't i don't remember how they word it but rocky's basically just like he has an autistic son and he wants to keep him busy so he gets him a robot and then they like 
gift it to Polly. And then he Polly somehow programmed it to have like a, a very sexy female voice. I guess you can actually still buy that exact robot. That Polly fucked? Yeah. Like oh. there's a <laughs> there's a company. Like Young's jizz there's a company who make those robots, and that's where they got it for the movie. They bought it from this laboratory. Such a weird thing to throw in. And you can you can buy the one of those robots from that laboratory. You can just like make I mean it's basically like buying a real doll, which yeah. a real doll sort of Lars and the real girl. That almost counts as a robot. I can't. It's the 80s decadence. Like, oh, wait a minute. Rocky Balboa, heavyweight champion of the world, has all this money. Hey, fucking let him get a robot. Let him get a robot. Fuck it. Let's get him Robocop. Crazy. Robocop and fucking Rocky? <laughs> oh my God. Robocop versus Rocky. What if Apollo became Robocop? <laughs> Holy shit. He comes out to living in America as a robo a robo boxer. Oh, he's just red. He's got the stars and stripes on him. Oh, but he does not have a robotic voice. He still sounds like Apollo Creed, but he's all robotic. Oh my god! Holy shit! Okay, we didn't pick Horn. He could have counted. For he is champion. Horn. He is champion. champion. Could have been a RoboCop. All right. Well, if you're a robot, you Horn probably can't join us in getting back in the pool. Everybody, back in the pool. <laughs> Three nuns and five clergy are dead today in what is believed to be the latest atrocity by the killer cyborg, Robocop. OCP officials claim the former police unit is responsible for a spree of terrorism in the Cadillac Heights section of Old Detroit. I'm sorry, I can't even read this. Come on, this is bullshit. Are you buying this? All right, Jim, do you think, the critical question this week, do you think that robots are the future of law enforcement? Yeah. <laughs> Well, dude, look what they're doing with AI now. Would it not make sense that that's the next step? I don't know. I hate the idea of robot law enforcement because I think they just remove gray area. They don't have to pay pensions, insurance, anything else. They pull you over for going 36 and a 35. Here's your $150 ticket, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's funny because throughout the the 80s, you know, when we were growing up and stuff and we were just little kids and everybody was worried that robots are going to take our jobs. I think they thought it was going to be like factory and stuff. And then it turns out to be the cashiers at Walmart. Yeah. That's been the biggest like job casualty of robots is that we have self checkouts. And, you know, you just ring out your own groceries and they don't need, I'm much, I'm sorry for putting you out of a job, but I would much prefer to go to a self-checkout. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think robot law enforcement, I mean, we're still looking at in the near future, robot truck drivers. So like. You're starting to get self-driving cars. Self-driving I still wouldn't cars. trust it. No, I mean, no. they're still a little ways away, but that's, it's going to be a sad day when they replace truck drivers with robot trucks. Just because it's such a large industry. And you know what? They're going to break it down. They're going to look like maintenance costs per robot maintenance for humans and they're gonna be like it's gonna be cheaper just to keep it robotic and we don't have to pay for anything and if it breaks fuck it we make a new one and i think that someone still has to load the trucks hopefully but maybe not maybe like, maybe they're just gonna have like an amazon center where the orders get you know filled themselves they go in the trucks they the trucks drive themselves i can't wait for uh you know a robotic truck to just pull away from the dock before the trucks loaded <laughs> i mean there's like so many of those and you know they're gonna go berserk like some weird shit's gonna happen it's like fuck yeah yeah it's gonna yeah. go haywire somebody i don't think probably meshes well with robots mr david mccall hey you think you're gonna mess with me okay i don't care if you're a robocop guess what i am i'm an awesome cop i'm not even a cop i just play one on tv okay watch me carve something in your chest robocop you know what it's gonna say <laughs> i'll fucking kill you it all could have been different mr walker 
You should have allowed nature to take its course. <laughs> That's awesome. Imagine him playing Robocop, though. Oh, my uh, God. Wahlberg's Robocop. Hey, come here, okay? <laughs> hey, I'm going to fucking kill you, CP. I didn't have as much logic for this as I would have guessed. Got some. But I have some. <laughs> this, this, to me, is very insulting. Almost none of the Japanese in the movie is actually Japanese, aside from a few words. It was gibberish with a Japanese accent, which is so, like, embarrassing. And that's what, also why they do, like, the speak and spell translator voice that on the video the call. Absolute worst, because I could not understand it. Yeah, they do, like, a video call that has, like, a translator feature and it's like a speaking set that does not look like a police station you're damn right i'm not at the police station if my spy hadn't warned me i'd be dead now i thought your damn ninja was supposed to take care of robocop for me that's the deal i clear the area he keeps the robot off my back you have the device i send you it's the same footage from earlier in the movie when they were speaking fake japanese yeah which, like, how hard? Were they that hard up for budget that they couldn't bring on a translator for one day? At least it wasn't as egregious as Pat Morita going over the top as either Mr. Miyagi or the guy we cover from Collision Course. Cultural appropriation. Because mm -hmm. Ma was yeah. Mako born in Japan? Like, it was I he? think so, yeah. Okay, so he was legit. I <laughs> so, I'm. You know, what I'm saying is it's not an American. Pat Morita was born in yes, Hawaii. Right. If you listen to any interview with Pat Morita, he sounds like us. Yeah, Mako was born in Japan. Okay, perfect. And he died in California, but he was he was born in Japan. He was in a number of sidekicks. Yeah, he was in a number of sidekicks movies. <laughs> there was like seven or eight of them. I wish, like three ninjas. Yeah. That's strange that they, that they chose to do that because I just feel like that's a very avoidable thing to do. Oh, yeah. So my first one. So Nico lives in Cadillac Heights, which is going to get bulldozed because it's one of the areas it's going to become Delta City. How do her parents afford a state-of-the-art laptop like that yeah like that thing looks like it weighs 300 pounds there's unless she stole it which i don't think she did there's no way in hell no her dad doesn't have a job you see a pink slip on the table yeah that opening scene or that scene with her and the wrecking ball hitting the house is so weird because it's like oh who are these characters and they introduce Whoops. these people <laughs> yeah and then she gets separated and she's like she's kind of a character and then the dad nope just never like they give him like speaking lines and stuff as though he's going to be an in integral part of this movie and he's not. They get sent off to slaughter. OCP gets purchased, I guess, or, or joins forces with Kanemitsu. But like, how did OCP survive the events of the first movie? Let alone the second movie. Like, they had an ED-209 kill a number of their executives. Wasn't that enough to be like, we're going to shutter the uh, program here at OCP? Is OCP a publicly funded company? I, yeah, they are. I mean, at least in this movie they are because the stock plummets when the footage comes out. At that point, like at the end of the first movie, yes. It should be dead. Yes. All their technology like killed their executives. And like I reached out to you and I said, after rewatching this all again, Robert Morton in the first movie is actually a good guy. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. He created RoboCop uh -huh. as a fuck you to Dick Jones in EB209. Yes. What did he ever do that was wrong besides becoming ambitious? Yeah. Nothing. Right. I mean, if anything, he made a major breakthrough for the scientific community. Yes. And that RoboCop still has his humanity and technically could live forever. Hashtag revenge for Robert. There you go. Dick. While I can appreciate that the rehabs don't look like, you know, because they could have just made them look like generic military. Yeah. Or worse, they could have just made them like stormtroopers. That's like virtually in, what they are. In Masters of the Universe, like crash test dummies. It's bad. Which is appropriate, I guess. But like, we don't see 
like the full power of the rehabs mostly other than that opening scene which is like the opening like when they start just like putting people on the buses and stuff it's like what are these dudes getting in exchange like what are what is in it for them they're trying like so hard to fight like when robocop shows up to apprehend mcdaggett and like these dudes are shooting at robocop and trying to fight robocop why would they do that are they making enough money to where it's worth it for them to sacrifice their lives no here's speaking of that opening scene so we see nico and her parents her parents get herded onto a bus and you see nico run off her parents really didn't put up much of a fight to go after her right nico come back oh excuse nico Nico, i'm not a parent but if i see my kid running off or looks like they're being grabbed by somebody else superhuman strength's gonna fucking yes It's not like they're being held back by two people. It's one dude. Yeah. One fucking guy. At least if the dad's going to run, he gets capped, whatever. Something's got to happen. And we find out they're dead. Yeah. I mean, the first thing they said when they got on the bus is probably like, thank God, no more supercomputers. We can finally like save some money. So if Nico gets put on that bus, she's dead too. Yeah. She's dead too. Good. I mean, not good, but <laughs> good. That, that robo, robo baby. Um, so yeah, she goes from being distraught over getting separated from her parents to being like stoked about programming. Like she forgets about her parents like an hour in an Murphy hour. literally says, do you miss your parents? She's like, yeah. She's <laughs> like the most. Yeah, sure. I guess. Right. I mean, they bought me this fucking lap. So maybe some of the worst police cars I've ever seen in a movie. So the, the normal ones are just like Ford interceptors, like normal police cars. Some are Tauruses. But I think the ones that arrive when they break into the armory, they're like 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierras or something. <laughs> like just matte black. Fine car, terrible police car. It's so weird when like they're in the armory and then and just these cars and I'm like, maybe they're just security cars. Either way, not appropriate. You know, what's bad too. When you see a, a police mobile, a police mobile, Jesus Christ, <laughs> a cop car, it's two doors. What the fuck yeah, are you going to do with a two right. door cop car? <laughs> Hold a perp's head, put the seat up, get his yeah. fat ass hey, in don't there. Don't touch me. Don't touch me, motherfucker. Why does Lewis not put on her vest? Why? She's off duty. Fuck. Do you see where you live? <laughs> I'm fucking wearing a vest. So I go to McDonald's. She, I mean, she's with uh, Murphy. There are, what are they called again? Cyberpunkers. <laughs> Splatterpunk. Splatterpunk. Splatterpunk's a real term. So Splatterpunk came from the 80s when audiences, it was like people who are like really into like scanners. Okay. You know, people who like like gory and like Cronenberg movies and stuff. Like they called them Splatterpunks. Those motherfuckers are everywhere. They hate the cops. I'm wearing a vest. That thing doesn't look like it weighs much. They're a whole different breed of people. Like their teeth and like. And then why would you arm them? Like why in God's name? There's like not additional rehab forces to arm. You have a whole country. Yeah. You have a corporation. Kanemitsu can't give more Otomo. He made two Otomos. Yeah. They draw the line at Detroit literally and figuratively. They're like, we just want Detroit. Yeah. Uh, They never explain this um, in any of the robocop movies as far as i know how does he have unlimited ammo and if he doesn't who reloads him yeah does he just put like hey i uh this morning i gotta get up and i gotta put 864 bullets in my leg you know like <laughs> how, like yeah where where, where are the, the rest bullets of the- coming from yeah where's the magazines yeah no idea because in the first movie he shoots a gun like a gun he has a gun yeah that you would just reload and then he but does like, the tj laser yeah thing. but like in this one it's like you 
you know, they eventually the gun comes out of his arm. The gun is just an extension of his arm because yeah. they there's literally the part where the Otomo knocks off his arm and he just snaps on a gun in its place. It's a fucking snap on tool. But like, where are the bullets coming from? So my last one, that's the one thing that really drove me nuts. So RoboCop is based out of Metro West. So there's different divisions. I'm assuming there's a North, a South and East and the West. I think we even hear Metro East before. It's one department, one department. All of the cops decide to defy OCP orders and quit to defend Cadillac Heights, risking their pensions. I can't imagine their pensions being that much. No. Not at no, all. No, they're bankrupt. They're, they have no money, so they have no pension. Being. Why didn't OCP just get loyal cops from another department? Yeah. Because some of them have to be still loyal to them. All we get is Metro West. So you're telling me you're not going to call in North, South, and East and go, you want more money? We'll give you raises. We'll get you pensions. Instead of going to Steampunkers and go, you want a 22? I don't get it. There's more cops than just that department in old Detroit. Has to be. Interesting. Yeah, they don't. They just ignore that part of it. Yeah. They're, like, according to this movie, there's like 20 officers to the whole patrol city. the entire city yeah. of Detroit. So, all right. What's the legacy of this movie? So there was a a cartoon there were toys there were no more official you know there was robocop one two three and nothing else there was this tv series yep which i think we'll talk more about the tv series when we cover robocop 2 yeah because it's uh, more tied into the original script from robocop 2 yes so then very dick tracy there though. was a i believe a 2014 remake joel kinnaman joel kinnaman which I think I saw approximately in 2015, whenever it came out on Blu-ray. It's okay, question mark. I think I watched it once. I have no idea how it was. I, I want to rewatch it. And then there's three straight-to-DVD release movies, but this is what I don't get. because There's three straight-to-DVD release Three straight-to-DVDs. The guy who they casted to be RoboCop in those movies, and right off the bat, really dumb move, but for them was probably smart and cheap. Never saw any other RoboCop movie, so he walks talks and acts nothing like the original robocops gotcha. so it's gonna be shit. but is he supposed to be a different robocop no he's robocop he's murphy he's murphy uh-huh. so that's- why not just make him like bennett but here's the thing. All three came out, I believe, in 01, 03, 05. Why not just make him a different RoboCop? And then the, then you don't have to worry about him being Murphy. Well, like I said, why didn't OCP just make another human yeah. template for another RoboCop? Super weird. Could have been, could have been Ann Lewis. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much a legacy of RoboCop until Voodoo RoboCop versus Shrek versus Fear versus, versus Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Alpha, Nerds. Beta, Voodoo, <laughs> Child. Thumbs up. Brother. So, uh, all right. Stick around for some plugs. Hey, this is Shane Herman with the Youngstown Comedy Syndicate. You're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcasts from because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Sceners group for exclusive content. You will get it there first instantly. Instagram, Twitch, Threads, TikTok, and YouTube at Pool Scene Podcast. We are all over the place, so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime, anywhere. And as always, back to Kevin. Hey, Final Lab Guy, didn't you pass the Turing test? Yeah! The Final Lab
All right, I'm going to kick it over to Jim. So I hate to be this guy. For the past three weeks, we have lost even more people, and it's been bad. We lost Bob Barker at 99, lived a full life, got as close to a dollar without going over. But we also lost Jimmy Buffett, pioneer, dude made beach life. His uh, job was beach. His job was, yes, his job was beach. He was what Ken wanted to be was Jimmy Buffett. His job was beach. Why did he not sing any Jimmy Buffett songs instead of Push from Matchbox 20? I don't know. Just saying. But apparently he had like a really aggressive form of skin cancer and it just overtook him. I, somebody posted like his final performance that it was like a like he was there and just decided to sing in July. So his last performance is out there. But Jimmy Buffett was 79? Something like that. He was in the 70s. And of course, the big one, though, shocker, Steve Harwell, the lead singer of Smash Mouth, passed away. It seemed like almost immediately, but apparently he was in failing health the past couple years. At 56, like he went in the hospice and he like passed away three days later. I guess he passed away in peace. It surprised me he was 56 just because like, not that he seemed our age, like when we yeah. were in, in, you know, high school, high school, or, but it just, he would have been, um, I mean, yeah, 15 years older than us. So when we yeah. were in high school, he would have been in his thirties. I guess yeah. that makes sense. You think about it, a very, very identifiable voice. I mean, genre wise, late nineties, like walking on the sun, that voice you knew well, and then all star. Can't, can't hardly wait. I can't get enough of you, baby. Oh, he had the voice. Like everybody knew who that was, but then Smash Mouth also became the easy joke to yeah. band. like Nickelback. It's like fucking Smash Mouth. But he, um, so speaking of Shrek, they'll forever be linked to Shrek because of the soundtrack. But, um, you know, McNeil from Reflog from Twitter, Reflog made a bet somehow. So Smash Mouth are, are Golden State Warriors fans. Yeah. Reflog is obviously a big Cleveland account. He made a bet against them just going back and forth on Twitter. And he was like, all right, if, if Golden State wins, I'll change my profile picture. If the Cavs win, you send my kids merch. And I'm pretty sure that was a year where Golden State won. Reflog changed his profile picture. Well, Steve ended up sending Reflux kids tons of yeah. Smash Mouth stuff and they became like Smash Mouth life fans for life because of just like how nice and generous they were you know something just popped in my head I'm glad I remember this remember years ago when I still lived at home and we did Ace of Palooza parties yeah remember I did a joke on Twitter saying play in the patio at Ace of Palooza at Smash Mouth and I'll never forget the guitarist tweeted me back and go wait we have a gig that I don't know of? it was the actual guitarist yeah. from Smash Mouth who replied to my tweet thinking they were playing at my pool party. Yeah, they are. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, once they again, a sense of humor, 56, a voice of a, I wouldn't say the voice of a generation, one of the voices of my generation song wise and say what you want. All star. Everybody knows how that's yeah. when you hear how that song starts. You're like, yep, that's well, there's that whole, there's a, a fantastic story about that song Yeah. because they weren't that band. No. And the guitar player, they're pretty much just done. The guitar player i think wrote it and took it to steve and was like okay if if we do this we our career like we've basically we've sold out yeah. and this we're it we're done this is what we've become and they basically decided because like they knew that that song was like a massive gonna be a, a giant radio hit but then it almost was like selling out like becoming something else yeah but it's like, do you want to do this? And they all agreed, let's do it. And they released that song. And sure enough, oh. up until his death, they're still, you know, they're still performing. They're still doing those tours. Yeah, uh, I, I almost saw them. Yeah. So, but yeah, that 
that sucks. I mean, hopefully the next episode, nobody else has passed on that we don't have to we don't have to talk about. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. So I have no idea what's coming up next. But you know where to find us uh, on social media and such. And RoboCop, our next vision. Voodoo RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> Smash Mouth could have done a, a, the track for RoboCop. I, just, I see it in my mind. Voodoo RoboCop at the shootout in one of those old cemeteries. In New Orleans. In New Orleans. Because all those Amazing. like cemetery, the gravestones are above ground. Yeah. Which, fuck, that makes it even cooler. Oh, how cool would that scene be? Fucking people coming out of the graves. Yeah. Do you have unlimited RoboCop? <laughs> Infinite RoboCops. Oh, what? A, okay. City of New Orleans. Yeah. Is like, look, we need a RoboCop. I Like, what if it's the, uh, the near, near future and it's okay. like, like, all right, we know Detroit tried this and it worked. Yeah. What if we make OCP ends up in New Orleans? Well, something. Uh, and new they were OCP. like, we need to make a Robocop to help save the city. The city's going to hell. We need to save this city. But what happens if the they don't have the budget to like turn a cop into a Robocop? So they like take a body. Well, little did they know he had like a voodoo curse on him. Oh. And they turn like a guy, like either like a, a, a voodoo head shrinker into a Robocop. Dude, and who's in charge of that program that starts that? You find out Robert Morton when he was screwing around yeah. with those girls in the cocaine ends up having a kid it's robert morton there jr bam yeah what well, we're gonna we're gonna workshop this. we're working this i just man toys voodoo robocop toys oh, fuck totally on board damn it dude i'm so excited for this <laughs> like so much all right well until next week silencia 